Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I've got another great conversation for you today to help you take your career and life in talent development to the next level, help educate you, open your mind, give you new tools that you can use to improve your career in talent development, which is our mission, which is what we are all about. And, you know, the world is changing all the time. In fact, one thing that I talk about in my keynotes in a lot of different companies is that the pace of change is faster than it has ever been before, and yet it is slower today than it is ever going to be, which means things are changing all the time. One of my favorite subjects to discuss with people is the future of work and to discuss inside organizations and to help organizations prepare for this future of work, to prepare their talent. And I also love helping people in talent development to be thinking about how they can adapt and change and prepare for the future as well. We're having lots of conversations about that type of thing inside the talent development think tank community that I run. And of course, I'm looking for great guests and topics to discuss on this podcast as well. And today we're talking about adaptability in talent development. So how do we adapt and change with the times and make sure that we're staying relevant? My guest today is Dr. Esther Jackson, who is a people potential accelerator. She has worked in a variety of roles with the public sector and private sector, HR training manager, HR training specialist, organizational employee development specialist, project manager, instructional designer, change management lead, just a few of the roles that she's had. And Dr. Jackson has foundational experience in designing and facilitating soft skills and hard skills training. Her project management work has been geared toward learning and HR and talent development projects, addressing the needs of various levels in organizations and workforce. 
And the work with change management allowed Dr. Jackson to recognize the importance of developing that genre of skills, which is often confused with adaptability skills. And these skills are a key topic in her new book called Adaptability in Talent Development, which was published by ATD Press. And in this interview with Dr. Jackson, we talk a little bit about the book and how that came about in her career in talent development. We also talk about what adaptability is and how it's not change management and and how it differs and the difference there and, and how adaptability is more about unplanned or expected changes and how we can leverage the lessons that she teaches to be more prepared and handle these changes when they come along, especially those unplanned and unexpected changes. We also talk about, as I mentioned, why Esther wrote the book and why adaptability in talent development is so important. And then stay tuned for our bonus episode with Dr. Jackson, where I talk with her more about her career as well. This is a good, uh, interesting interview for those of you dealing with a lot of change in the workplace to be thinking about how can you adapt better. And of course, you can find Dr. Jackson's book, Adaptability in Talent Development, now on Amazon and other places that you might order books. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Esther Jackson. All right, I'm joined now by Dr. Esther Jackson, author of the book, Adaptability in Talent Development. Esther, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you having me. Happy to be here with your audience as well. Yeah, I'm happy to have you here. You were introduced to me or referred to me by Jess Omley, who has been a past guest on this show, a member of our talent development think tank community, and uh, one of my favorite people in talent development. So when Jess says, you need to talk to... Esther Jackson or anybody, I know I need to go find them and talk to them. And so here we are. Well, I owe Jess big time. (laughs) Hey, referrals get you everywhere. I talk all about networking and relationships. You know, people reach out to me all the time. Can I come on your podcast? No, I don't know who you are. Right. But then, you know, an introduction can, can go a long way. I also love talking to fellow authors and you and I were just chatting and probably would have kept talking for another hour if I didn't say, hey, we need to record this interview. I want to get into this topic of adaptability and in talent development and adaptability in general, because this is something that I think is going to be relevant for a lot of people in and out of talent development. So let, let's get right into that. You know, you talk about adaptability being the new game changer. What is adaptability? Why did you write this book? I would like to go with the first question about adaptability. So in brief, adaptability, I want to make sure we're clear, it is not synonymous with change management, which is a mistake to feel like it is. Change management, we're intentional about the type of change and we're trying to control the outcome and maybe account for those things that are uncontrollable and keep tracking them and monitoring it. But it's expected with the change. Big difference. Adaptability, Andy, that's where we're talking about this change was not planned. It was unexpected. This was not a part of what was to be included in the plan. This is, I didn't see this coming. How do I keep performing? How do I keep it moving? And how do I respond with the change and still keep that positive thinking, still take on what's come my way, what is not a going to according to what I expected, what I anticipated, or what was planned, and and still present that image, present myself as someone who's capable, whether it be in leadership, whether it be in a work role, whether it be in some other capacity in our relationships. We have to deal with that personally as well as professionally. Adaptability is all around us, and the last two years have just emphasized and highlighted the need for it. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, of course, that's the first thing I was thinking of was, you know, the, the pandemic and how it's changed the way we work. So if I could clarify the difference here, you're saying, you know, change management is the CEO of a company says we're changing our strategy over the next 10 months. We're going to be rolling out this plan and shifting. And we know we see all this coming. It doesn't mean it's easy, right? These changes can sure. still be difficult to manage. And we have lots of people that, that do this as a career change management, but it's still something that we see coming kind of like a hurricane. I live down in Florida, right? And when hurricanes come, sometimes we're watching them for like 20 days, three weeks or more slowly approaching, you know, we can kind of see them ahead of time. But adaptability is more like when the things pop up that we didn't expect, how do we adapt to these things? More like a tornado maybe is, is the metaphor. And so COVID being a great example, right? Nobody saw that coming. It forced us nope. to change how we work. Lots of people went home working from home for the first time. Lots of people on Zoom and doing all kinds of different things that we didn't expect. And then we need to find ways to adapt. Exactly. And just to add to that, Andy, appreciate the breakdown with restating that differently. And what we'll also say is sometimes that adaptability leads to being intentional with some of those changes. Like going back to the example you use, how many organizations have had to be intentional about how they approach remote work, how they go about handling hybrid situations, hybrid work teams? How do we go about developing our leaders? So now we need to be intentional about the type of leadership development, the type of professional development, the type of HR practices. Now, as a result of the change that was unexpected, now we're instituting some things intentionally that needs change management. And that's the difference. Yeah, big difference there. Okay, so this is something that's it's happening in the world, right? Whether we plan for it or like it or not, right? These changes are happening. The challenges are coming up. We have to deal with them. So why did you decide to write this book? I know you had an article, right, that eventually turned into the book. Tell me the story. Sure. So there were some driving forces personally, professionally that just prompted my interest. Let me do an article. And this was around 2019, maybe the late summer. And I decided to do a couple of articles. One was an article I submitted to ATD, which was published in the TD Magazine around November 2019. Shortly after that, unexpectedly, I received a request with an offer to do a book. And it was a result of the article. Surprisingly, I was engaged and willing to have some discussion. And I say surprisingly because initially it was like, uh, is this uh, a phishing scam? Is this a hacker? You know, when I received the email thinking, yeah. oh, my goodness, how creative can these folks get with their solicitations? <laughs> Had some follow up discussion. It turned out to be legit. Anthony, Andy, sorry. And I just felt like what an opportunity and what a great example of adaptability. Because the background story I didn't share with you, Andy, is my inspiration in doing the article before I did the book was on a job I had at the time. We were responsible for doing blogs, doing articles and things to promote the work we had, the services we were doing within the organization. I had one I submitted internally to my office that was not very favorable, had some feedback, wanted some changes made those changes and everything, I just felt like there was still value in the original content, my original write-up. 
And that value served its purpose, even though it was rejected. It was something I thought that could be leveraged elsewhere. And that was what I actually submitted to ATD that turned out to be a winner to the point it was published. And that was also the catalyst that prompted a response from ATD to ask me about writing a book. Hmm. So for me, it felt like that was a reflection on my rejection that led to a revelation for me. So. And a great lesson there for anybody and everybody who is creating content, putting stuff out into the world, creating learning programs, whatever it may be, you, you might get feedback from one source and you might get rejected in one area. And yet you could submit it in another area and be completely successful, right? Just because you're rejected by one person or entity does not mean that, you know, what you're doing is not good. It's just not working for that place at the time, right? I've had that experience with many things. Exactly. And how many opportunities come about from those types of situations? When we think about even something as simple as Albert Einstein and the number of failures he had, you know, the invention of the light bulb and how many light bulbs didn't work before they got to the one working light bulb. So all of that relates back to adaptability. Yeah, I think Thomas Edison is famous for saying that I have not failed. I've just found 1000 ways that light bulbs don't or electricity don't work. Exactly. Uh, you know, just iterating, <laughs> just trying stuff. And I think we forget that. You know, I know there's a lot of perfectionists listening, so called perfectionists, right? Like you try something, it's not perfect, it's not working, I'll go do something else. It's a very fixed mindset way of looking at things. The growth mindset says, I try something, it doesn't work. I learn from it, I adapt, sure. and then I, I try again or I try something different, right? And I keep moving on. Everything is a learning opportunity. So I love that you, you treated it that way. Adaptability, this sounds like it's something that's relevant to any type of work, any facet of life, why did you focus on talent development? Great question. My focus on talent development was one, that's my field. That's my passion area. That's where I really thrive. And two, much of the literary work I had done, as well as the work I had been doing professionally and the consulting work really gravitated to that area. And the audience that I had at the time with other things I was doing that had a focus on talent development. And then to kind of close things out, ATD wanted that focus to be on talent development mm. <laughs> for the book. Of course. So that, that was a driver with that. And looking at the types of things we were seeing and experiencing, it just happened that Andy, totally by coincidence, when I was asked to write the book, it was right before COVID. Mm. I want to literally say it was maybe two or three weeks before I heard any announcement about yeah. the COVID being something we would have to contend with and going into the shutdown. So yeah, oh, amazing. And you know, I'm sure that that inspired changes with the book and other work you're doing. I mean, for me, I started writing my book in January 2020. And I was in the middle of writing it when, when COVID, you know, shut everything down in March, 2020. Okay. And I was writing a chapter about networking and it was like, you need to get out there and go to conferences and in-person events. And I'm like, oh wait, <laughs> this is not going to apply anymore. Maybe I should change this. So I was very lucky that I was still in the middle of writing it and I was able to adapt and pivot and change those chapters. And I put a lot of information about how to network and connect with people virtually and build your personal brand virtually in my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, because I could tell we were going to be in this, this mode of working for, for quite some time. And it, it turns out we, we are. 
So I wanted to ask you about the workplace, adaptability in the workplace, and, and especially talent development. Why is this an important skill? And for talent development professionals, like what should they be thinking about to adopt this idea of adaptability? Sure. So with the focus on adaptability, there is a chapter that I have in a book that gets into what are some of those skills and traits that we group into adaptability. So when we think about adaptability skills, we're talking about skills such as one who is innovative, one who is creative, one who is a positive thinker. You talked about that growth mindset. How is your learning agility? Are you one who's able to let go of things that you've learned that have been a bit traditional that don't lend themselves for the most success in the present or even moving forward? That is key and spot on with what we're experiencing now. How many organizations were not able to allow individuals to be adaptable or promote an adaptable culture because they didn't want to change? And so looking at a lot of those skills, it drives home that idea, that thought that we need to rethink how we approach learning and development, how we approach leadership development, because the workplace has changed. Sherm, they even had one article that the CEO did that I thought was really great, where he emphasized we're dealing with changes with the work, the worker, and the workplace. All three of those require adaptability, adaptability for the individual, adaptability in terms of how they approach their work, how they do their work, how they engage with the workplace, which may be virtual now in many instances, the work the work is not what it used to be. You know, how are we leveraging technology now that continues to change at an even ex more accelerated rate? And, and then of course the workplace, which now could be anywhere. <laughs> I can live in Spain and still have a role that I'm performing in Detroit metro area. Yeah. So all of those factors go into how are we assisting as talent development professionals and promoting a focus on what's changing now, how we respond to it, as well as are we tapping into where it looks like things are going so we can assist our organizations with still driving results in the bottom line but looking at what's in the best interest of development for the workforce to perform at the levels needed. Mm, absolutely. And this is the world that we're moving into, right? That, that's changing all the time. Coincidentally, I have a very good friend who just uh, packed up his stuff, sold his house in Kansas City and moved to Spain. And he's still running <laughs> with, his, with his wife and kids. And he's still running his business, which is, you know, for all intents and purposes, he could be in the U.S. He could be anywhere, right? Amazing. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, right? He's now he's living in Barcelona and he's he's living the good life. In your article, you mentioned DEI, interpersonal communication, and emotional intelligence as a few key connections to adaptability that are overlooked, which is interesting because I feel like some of these topics are talked about quite a bit. So I'm curious, what is your take on that? Why do you think this is? Sure, and when I say overlooked. I see them as being overlooked when it comes to their connection to adaptability. And the reason I say that is when we think about first emotional intelligence, I love presenting on Daniel Goldman's model for emotional intelligence, which has the four quadrants. You have that self-awareness quadrant. Do I recognize what presses my buttons? Do I recognize when my mood changes or who or what has prompted my mood change? 
then we have that social awareness quadrant, which gets into how do you tap into the moods of others? Are you able to respond accordingly? Can you sense when someone else's mood has changed? How is your level of empathy? You know, we're hearing a lot about leaders and their ability to be empathetic to their direct reports. And then we have the relational awareness quadrant, which gets into your ability to mentor and coach others. How persuasive are you? Are you able to be influential when it comes to situations and decisions? And and finally, the fourth quadrant is going to be that self-control quadrant. And not many know that is going to be the one that deals with, even when my emotions have changed, can I still maintain control to the point of managing myself, managing how I think what I'm doing? That's also where adaptability is. So adaptability is in that self-control quadrant as well, which really connects the dots there. Because oftentimes something that doesn't go according to plan for us, a situation that comes up unexpectedly, whether it's good or not so good, are you still able to maintain that self-composure? Can you control yourself under pressure when things get out of hand? So that really creates that connection between adaptability and emotional intelligence. With diversity, equity, and inclusion, again, we're talking about dealing with differences. We're talking about dealing with people who have different states of needs. And we're talking about recognizing our own personal bias which again are situations that may be presented that were unexpected or unplanned. And how do you respond to it? Again, that is dealing with, are you open enough to be receptive to that and appreciate diversity that is connecting it back to that adaptability and our ability to recognize opportunities to apply maybe critical thinking, maybe apply instances where we're able to adjust ourselves to make things better in a situation that maybe certain factors are out of our control. That's very interesting. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, you covered DEI and, and how that relates. And something I'm thinking about, we, we talked about COVID already as an example of this is an unexpected change that we needed to adapt to. And some say it accelerated a lot of trends that were already happening, you know, the move towards more flexibility and remote work and technology and things like that. With DEI, I feel like there's there's a similar example there where, you know, there have been people around and organizations focusing on diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging for many years. But I feel like that was really accelerated, right, by the death of George Floyd and the other events surrounding the, the rise of the social justice movement, which started in May 2020. And now you've got a lot of organizations that are pivoting and responding and saying, oh, we got to do something about this. We've been putting this off for a long time, but we need to adapt now or we're going to be in big trouble. Curious, like what you see there and how that that connects. Certainly. The connection I see there is, one, you have organizations that are taking one of a few different routes. Maybe, oh, don't think we want to go that far to put a statement out there. Mm -hmm. Let's just leave it alone. And let's just keep it. Yes. Keep it neutral. You know, if we do this, this may hurt us. If we do this, it may help us, but there may be some consequences we don't see. No, don't want to deal with that. Then you have organizations. Let's take a stand. Let's say something. Let's address it. Let's let our team members, our employees, our leaders know where we stand. And let's 
definitely put the message out that we appreciate differences, that we recognize everyone is not the same. Everyone is welcome. We want everyone to feel included. What I see there is, one, we're in a state now or at a point where it's more a matter of how much do we appreciate human life? How much do we recognize that it's about relationship building? How much do we see the need to make everyone aware Everyone counts, regardless of what your level is, regardless of what your role is, regardless of your color, your age, and all of that, and how far are organizations willing to go to take a stand and make it known that we are about the people who help us to be who we are as an organization, and not just about getting money, not just about whatever it takes, and if someone is disrespected, it is what it is. Yeah. And the great resignation is showing us now. Think There are things that are more important now. And if you can't appreciate me as a person, you can't appreciate my need for work-life balance. You can't appreciate the steps that need to be taken to ensure my safety. Then I need to go somewhere else mm-hmm. where those things can be appreciated. So tables have definitely turned where yeah. people have reprioritized. People see aspects and the quality of life that they've maybe overlooked. And then organizations are recognizing that maybe there's some things we've been doing that don't fly anymore. Mm -hmm. They don't work anymore. They're not effective. Maybe they weren't effective previously, but we were able to let it go under the radar. Well, that has all changed. And that speaks to organizations who have, as I call it, present themselves as more so high AQ organizations, and that is referencing the adaptability quotient, which is simply a measure of one's level of adaptability. Hmm. So we, are, we, we need to be shooting to be high AQ individuals. We also want to promote the need for high AQ organizations, which are essentially just organizations that are open to making the changes needed to be more successful and maybe to be more attractive to prospective employees as well. For over three years now, the Talent Development Hot Seat Podcast has been proudly sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage Performance Group provides creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish, and you to be more successful at your job. The Advantage website has great free resources, including this podcast and an amazing webinar series that include topics such as innovation, future storming, inclusion, sales, leadership, and so much more. To get access to all of our free resources, as well as overviews of the solutions that Advantage offers, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the great resignation. People have more choices than they ever have had before. And I don't work in recruiting or hiring, but I hear that many people are asking those questions about the culture, right? Is it an inclusive culture? What is the diversity like? You know, the companies are have, needing to adapt to create a more attractive environment, as you mentioned, a more attractive culture, because people are asking about it and they have choices. And if, if you're not doing it, then you're going to go some work somewhere else. Definitely. My previous organization, my previous employer, when I was interviewed, I asked the question, which was prior to COVID, can you tell me why there is no one of color who works for the organization? Mm. You know, because I was going to be the first one. I was the first one of color to work for that particular organization at Mm. the time. And, And so it's definitely something that 
is prevalent. And now COVID has just helped to place more of a spotlight on situations such yeah. as that. And it's not just even about color when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion mm-hmm. and how adaptability ties in. We're dealing with many generations in the workplace now. Yeah. We, it's not uncommon to maybe have five generations, Andy, right. in the workplace. You know, it's a different day now. And then those aren't the only differences. There are differences that we don't see with the human eye, which can be overlooked. Like the type of corporate culture. Are you with a nonprofit organization? Are you with a corporate setting? Are you with the government? Are you one who is in a leadership role, non-leadership role, tech, non-tech? Are you one who has maybe a disability or not? So levels of ability are differences that maybe are not always visible, as well as work styles and thinking styles. Those gets in, they get into so many different types of differences that are still differences that require our attention and consideration when it comes to how we are more inclusive and how we are more equitable. Mm. So, so important. There's one more thing that I wanted to ask you about. You write about, I don't know if you you say it as loop or loopy, L-U-P-E, <laughs> uh, the adaptability L-U-P-E that you propose for adapting one's career. Can you tell me about that? Yes, I I love my loop, my level, which is an acronym for right. level up on performance essentials. And, and what that really speaks to is what steps you want to take for yourself as a talent development professional or someone in your line of professions, what you want to take in terms of your steps to level up your adaptability. Adaptability can be each one of our examples of a value proposition. What's unique about you? What do you bring to the table? You're a talent development professional. You're a trainer. You're an instructional designer. You're a broadcaster. You're a speaker. You're a presenter. You still have some special quality, some special aspect about you that can be highlighted. Why not leverage adaptability? in the process of doing that. So many skills that I cover in the book, I've only named a few examples of those skills, but a number of skills that are addressed in the book are areas where you may have yet to tap into an area that's a strength for you and recognizing, hey, even if an area is not a strength, if it's an opportunity, what can you do to build yourself up so that you are moving to be, as Paul Stoltz says in the adversity quotient at work, he talks about how there are quitters, there are campers, and there are climbers. We all should aim to use some type of loop that allows us to build our skills where we're always climbing to be high AQ individuals. Love it. All right. So we got to be climbing, got to be climbing high AQ of individuals. <laughs> Esther, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on the book again called Adaptability in Talent Development. And Esther, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, find out more about what you're doing, where's the best place for them to go? Best place. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn under Dr. Esther Jackson. And they can also visit me through the website, which is www lynnjack.com and lynnjack is l-y-n-n-j-a-c so www.lynnjack.com and andy this has been a pleasure so happy to be here with you appreciate you having me
For sure. It's been great having you on. We'll put links to those in the show notes. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again soon. We're going to do a bonus Q&A round. So stay tuned for that. Looking forward to it. Take care. All right. That will do it for my interview with Dr. Esther Jackson. I hope you enjoyed that interview on adaptability in talent development. You got some nuggets from it. I'd love for you to send me your feedback. You can send me an email, andy at andystorch.com or message me on LinkedIn. And you can also reach out to Dr. Jackson as well. If you're interested in the work that she does, you want to give her some feedback or ask her questions. I know she's available on LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode in which I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Jackson a few more questions about her career in our bonus Q&A round. Hey, I want to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by the Talent Development Think Tank community that I run. It is the membership community that I started after COVID shut everything down in 2020, and it is still going strong. Two full years later, we have over 100 amazing members in our community. They are so not only experienced and wise and helpful, but they're very kind and generous. Recently, a few of our members got new jobs. They decided to change careers and they leaned on the help of other members in the community to help them with their search, to help them hone their skills, to discuss how they were going to approach their new roles and prepare for that. And people showed up big time to help each other. I love this community. I am personally, I consider myself a bridge builder and a community builder. And I don't come in here thinking I am the expert or I have the answers. Rather, I see myself as one of the people with experience and experts and the connector who brings everybody together. And that's why I was excited to create this two years ago. I'm excited about what we're doing now. We have people from a variety of different roles across talent development, organizational development, training and development, learning designers, you name it, anything in the talent development realm, as well as a few coaches and consultants in the community as well. And they really meld well. We have some really great discussions in this community, and it's about sharing best practices and challenges and supporting each other, not about necessarily hearing from experts, although we do bring experts in to our community for guest calls. But our best calls are often our open forum calls where we pick a topic and then we have discussions and we get to hear what everybody is working on, what their point of view and opinion is, and we really get to learn from each other. We have calls every week, every Wednesday on Zoom for our main group. And if you are an early career professional or you have someone on your team who is an early career professional in L&D, we now have our foundation level which has one call a month at the foundation level and access to our private Slack channel where people are sharing all kinds of questions and resources. If you need to figure something out, you post in that Slack channel and someone is going to be able to help you. And beyond that, people are making a lot of great connections in this group as well, one-on-one -on -one connections, personal connections to help them in their personal lives and their careers. And that network is just going to be absolutely essential later on. So I'm so excited to be part of this, to get to facilitate this and run this. And if you are not part of a community, think about investing in yourself and investing in building your network and your brand and your knowledge in talent development and come join us. There's no long-term commitments. You can come join for a month or two months, although most people stay a lot longer than that. You can sign up for a year and save a little bit of money. You can reach out to me if you have questions and you're not sure. All the information is on our website, tdtt.us. That is tdtt.us. Check it out. See 
what you think. And if you're ready to join some of our calls, we'd love to have you come join. Our podcast is also sponsored by Advantage Performance Group. Advantage is a professional services firm dedicated to providing a continuous stream of creative learning and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps organizations develop great people, and you can find out more by going to their website, advantageperformance.com. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can find more episodes and resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. I appreciate you tuning in, and I will see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.